Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Danielle Levy. So Danielle is a sought-after business coach who helps six- and seven-figure business owners expand with clarity and efficiency. Danielle is also the founder and CEO of The Boardroom League. And with a background in agency work, Danielle has experienced in the traditional business world as well as the online entrepreneurial space. So she's definitely a problem solver at heart, and she believes in helping business owners build a trustworthy ecosystem of professional resources so that they can focus on their vision instead of being distracted by day-to-day business obligations. She holds an MBA, is certified as a project management professional, and is a certified online business manager. So thank you so much for joining me today, Danielle. I really, really appreciate you jumping on the call. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun. It is. It is. So I know I just gave your bio, but can you tell me just in your own words a little bit more about what you do, who you help, and and how you help them? Sure. Um... I consider myself to be um, a Swiss army knife of, of sorts. Um, I have come up in um, a marketing communications uh, capacity in my professional career. Um, and I have, you know, slowly um, just really evolved into a growth strategist for female entrepreneurs um, looking for the most part, to take their solopreneur ship or their small business um, and really scale and grow with it. Perfect. Perfect. And so when, when you say looking to scale and grow, do you have a definition of what that looks like? Because I know growing growth, that, that goal can look very different for, for everybody. Yeah, I would actually, I would second that sentiment in saying that growth looks different for everyone. What I think the common thread is, is that a lot of business owners get into business because of the freedoms of, um, you know, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of relationship. And very quickly they find it's more like they're getting strangled by an octopus, which is not <laughs> a, like a lovely visual, but that's the only way that I can explain it. So you're like, you've done, you've, you've set yourself up to have, um, you know, this independent path um, and you're not able to. And so whatever growth means, whether it's working more, whether it's getting bigger, whether it's being more independent, whether it's whatever it might be, um, that's where I, I support my entrepreneurs. Yeah, I love it. Because that that's a very, yeah, it is a very true statement. Everyone got into business kind of for slightly different reasons. That end goal, that success, does look different. And what looks like success for me might look very different for someone else. And so I, I love that you actually embrace that, that difference that people have and, and focus on their own unique, unique needs. And I think it changes too. you know, we were chatting earlier, like we're both moms. So what that need is for me and what that season is for me when I have an infant or preschooler is very, very different than I'm currently in a season of, uh, a middle schooler and uh, almost um, a high school graduate, right? And so my business has evolved and my capacity has evolved. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think as a mom, 
like you kind of get into that flow of like, oh, it's summer vacation or, oh, kindergartner is going to be a game changer or, um, you know, how am I going to pay for daycare or like whatever the constraints are associated with that. Um, and I sort of help try to navigate all of that. I love it. I love it. So if someone is, you know, at a place in their business and they are looking to grow, what would be the first sort of steps you would take them through? Um, you know, I think it's important for me to understand what type of CEO they want to be. Um, in the, the truest sense, I believe that a CEO should be responsible for mission, values, culture, um, that core idea that drives revenue and the generally not so fun things that only CEOs can do, like taxes and lawyer things and all of those kinds of things, right? But I work with many different types of CEOs that some that that do like to act in that capacity, some that say I only write my own um, content, some that say I could podcast every day, that's all that I want to do, repurpose my content from there, um, some that work Fridays, some that don't want to work Fridays. So it's really understanding like what those freedoms are for my CEOs and then growing a business that's in alignment with it, because that's when businesses take off, when everything is, um, when you're in your flow, when you're able to align everything, that's where the impact happens. Yeah, absolutely. When you are feeling like you are supported and, you know, your business is something that enhances your life and you're able to show up authentically. I think that only, that can only help translate into you showing up authentically for, for your clients and your audience. So. And that's what's going to create uh, not only showing up authentically, but also showing up consistently and like yes. in a real trustworthy kind of way. Because when your audience and or if you have a team know how you're going to show up, like they react with confidence. Um, and that's what builds credibility with a brand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've heard, you know, there's a lot of different, a lot of different marketing strategies and business strategies out there. But I've heard a lot of people saying how you need to um, show up on social media multiple times a day. You should email daily or, or, you know, there's all these different strategies. But I think ultimately with any action you take in your business, especially the audience facing ones, it does come down to consistency, right? And being able to, to, to show up and have your audience kind of um, trust that you're going to be there when you say you're going to be there. And I think that goes a long way towards obviously building that, that trust and that rapport with, with your audience and your client base. I would agree completely, completely. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, I think the, the one thing that I would say about that is, for example, I have a client and she runs a social media agency. Um, and while I do agree with showing up in a way that is in alignment with who you are, um, I have very strong preferences about how I show up. I also think you have to show up in a way that's in alignment with your brand. And so I'm constantly speaking to the CEO, like she's doing all of the right things. Her books are showing all of the right numbers. Like that's fantastic. But her social media accounts themselves aren't looking so hot. Um, and so as someone that might be prospecting her, like to me, that's a red flag. So I think it's it's not only knowing who you are and showing up in a way that you want to, but supporting yourself with the team members to make sure that there is that consistency all the way around in a way that is aligned for you as a CEO, if that if that distinction makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so you brought up team members. So what are some of the important questions that a business owner should be asking themselves before they start hiring a team? Um, I think it's, I think the most important is what is the, what is the goal of this position? Like there needs to be real clarity on what that goal is and how is this position driving to the result that they are, they are seeking. Right. Um, I am not a believer in, um, bringing in unicorn folks, except in some occasions, um, I think it can be very confusing for team members to have been brought in and then priorities seem like they're changing or they don't know what they're responsible for. Um, I think just a real clear picture of this is what this person can do to make an impact on me personally or in the business. Right, right. How do you know, like if you're a solopreneur right now and you're looking to scale, how do you know when you're ready to start bringing a team team on board? Um. I, I think there's a couple of different ways to think about that. Um, hiring is not, in my opinion, like an all or nothing kind of thing. I mean, there, there's something to be said for like, you're either hiring or you're not, right? right? But I also don't think you go from not having a team to having a team of, you know, 10 full-time employees. Like start small, start with a five hour a week support person, right? How does this feel? What is the impact? Are my systems there to support it, right? Like be very forward in your hiring process. Like it's not you, it's me. Let's try this out for 30 days. I may hate this, right? Um, so there's, it, it's not all in forever and ever in this like long-term marriage. It's really hiring in a place that you're comfortable with that you feel will bring positive impact. Um, in terms of when are you ready to bring on someone, um, I, f I find that it's when the things that need to get done fall to the bottom of the priority list. There's clearly some kind of a blocker there. Um, mm -hmm. Why are they not getting done when they should be getting done? It's what is the opportunity cost of you doing this thing versus someone else doing this thing? It's when you're um, out of your zone of, of genius. Um, could I Could I spend five hours working on a Canva graphic? Yes. Is that the best use of my time? No. Would I put it off for weeks because I can't handle like the mental pressure I put on myself to design the perfect graphic? Absolutely. And can somebody else do it far better than ever I could? Yes. That to me is a sign to hire, right? Like it's yeah. not in my zone. I'm not doing it as well. It's taking me too much time to get the thing done. And I'm continually doing something that's outside of my expertise. Right. Right. And, and hiring, I think could be, you know, having that, that routine person to do it, but there could be some smaller projects in your business that are maybe just one-off outsourcing, or you just, you just get that, that temporary help. Um, if it's not going to be an ongoing task. I definitely agree with that. And I think that comes up quite a bit, especially in that early growth stage. Um, when all of a sudden you figured out, wow, this isn't just a passion project. This is a business, yeah. but I have to undo this tangled mess of files or whatever it is that only makes sense to me to get things kind of more set up a little bit, um, you know, more professionally and, and more, um, usable, um, for, for a long-term business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So do you mind, can we talk a little bit about, about your business journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing and how you did it as a busy mom? Yeah. Um, 
all all of what I'm about to tell you is 100% true. And it's going to sound like um, some kind of crate made up story. And it's, it's not, <laughs> um, but I came up through like the ad agency communications consulting scene in Boston, um, got super burnt out, super burnt out. And so I did what I thought was logical, but it's completely ridiculous now that I went to graduate school, um, to get a, an MBA because I thought I would come out knowing what I wanted to do. And, I absolutely didn't know any more about what I wanted to do. And I was even more burnt out. Um, and so I had a milestone birthday coming up. I was turning 40 and I was like, I just want to do something fun. I just, I didn't want a big party. I didn't like, I just wanted some, I wanted one of those milestone moments. And it was at a time when the economy was going crazy and I had these two girlfriends that we were planning all kinds of trips to all kinds of places in the world. And one lost a job and one found out she was pregnant. And anyways, so that all fell through. And I had had it in my mind. Um, I don't know if you recall Joan London, um, but she was a morning show host. I don't know which show it was, the Today Show or Good Morning America or one of those shows. And I had it in my mind that I was going to go to Joan London's summer camp. And so late in the hours, I was Googling Joan London summer camp and it had closed after 10 wonderful years. And I was like, but doesn't Joan understand it's my birthday. I have to do this. Yes. Um, so I continued to Google and then I was just angry. Like I just needed to have the summer camp experience and no one was going to deprive me of it. And I ended up joining Molly Mahar's Stratajoy program. Um, at the time it was in Asheville, North Carolina. And I don't know if you know Molly, but she is just an amazing entrepreneur. And, um, she's just someone that I think so highly of. And I, her, her campus since, um, moved on to Michigan. Um, but it poured for the entire weekend in Asheville and we were grown adult women. Um, and I know this sounds all very weird, but in a Christian boys camp, there were no kids there literally like doing arts and crafts. And one gal had just taken on a makeup business and she was doing my makeup and her hair. And we were just trying to like make the best of this situation. It was no reflection of Molly, but what I didn't realize was the gal that was doing my makeup was the ex essentially executive director for one of the biggest coaches in the online space. And she was under non-compete. So she couldn't take any of the clients that were coming through this program that were desperately trying to get her attention. And we come back from camp and she starts making these introductions to me for me, had no idea what the online space was. I had no idea, like all of these fancy words, you know, like launch and open cart and funnels and all of these things. Like I had no idea what they were, but I knew how to work in client service. Um, and it was this massive leap of faith for me. Like here was this person that I literally met to celebrate my birthday that was doing my makeup, um, that all of a sudden I had this A-list roster of clients through this very prestigious program and really relied on my network to teach me all of these things. And those referrals led to more referrals and almost 10 years later, here I am. So it's always, I know that's a very long story, but it's this idea of this really introverted person putting herself first in a way that she hadn't before to celebrate her birthday and what a pivotal moment it was in my career. And then sort of with the fake it till you make it attitude, um, I didn't quite do it that blindly. And I, I don't want people to think I didn't take their businesses that seriously, but that's how I learned and that's how I did it. And it really um, 
I'm so grateful that I took that chance because I couldn't have planned it. I mean, that's, that's so amazing. That story. Cause it is, it not? it's very much, I mean, started with you prioritizing yourself and what you needed and, and just pursuing it relentlessly and finding that, that solution for yourself. But then it, it's kind of amazing how doors open like that. You take one step that you know was the right step for you. And then other doors kind of open along the way and you're able to go down that path. And, and yeah, you're, you're, fake it till you make it approach. That's, that's absolutely, it's, it's kind of the, um, minimally viable product approach that, uh, my co-host Michelle and I talk about all the time of, you don't have to have things perfect. You don't have to know everything. You can just get going with something and do the bare minimum you need to actually provide the results for your, for your clients and help them make a win and, and then progress and, and perfect things from there. Um, and I love how you just jumped in and started just started doing stuff, even if you didn't know it at the time. And, and let me also say that, um, you know, I mean, I, I say this joking, but sort of seriously, like my husband will describe me as like the captain of the sinking ship of fun, right? Like <laughs> I'm not this like outgoing, I'm going to fake it till I make it kind of person. Like I'm very grounded. I'm very realistic in what I can and can't do. And I was very transparent with my clients. So it was, you know, and I think that's why it was so successful because I built those relationships in trust and identified problems. And I brought solutions without being misleading about who I was and how I could help them. Um, And I think that was a really big piece of my success too. It was like those skills that came over from my days in more of a corporate environment of working with clients and knowing how to work those relationships um, that brought me the success. Not so much that like, I didn't know a piece of software or I didn't know how to work out these things because most things are Googleable or you just find the person that knows the thing. Um, And that's, that was a great lesson for me too, just in the transparency. Well, and that all kind of comes down to once again, like we were talking about earlier, just the being able to show up authentically for yeah. yourself and, and for your clients and in, in building that trust by starting by trusting them as well. And, and I think that's probably in my mind, that's like the key to the best marketing and sales in the world is just being honest and not overselling yourself, just being very, very realistic about who you are and what you're doing and how you can help people. Yeah. And I love it. Um, I hope it's okay that, you know, we were chatting earlier and you were talking about, um, you know, that it's nap time at your, your household right now. And, um, just like being that comfortable in who you are and this might come up and we'll deal with it. Um, you know, it doesn't phase me at, at all um, as someone that's like engaging in conversation with you. And I, I love that because I think that's how people work together, like in a really great kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that is a really great point. Cause I know, you know, I, I, I have my three-year-old at home with me and there are a lot of calls. If you've been on a call with me, you might've noticed he pops in the background sometimes or directly on my lap. And you know, there are times where it, it is nap time and I am a mom first and foremost. And if something comes up, I will, you know, excuse myself and I'll go take care of what I need to take care of with him. Um, and I, there, there was a bit in the beginning where I felt very guilty about that. And I do, I do try to hold, you know, 
boundaries, obviously I'd, I'd really love to respect my clients and their time and, you know, people I'm collaborating with. Absolutely. But I don't feel guilty about being a mom first and foremost, and that he is the most important thing that, that I can focus on in my day. And while I used to feel really guilty about kind of declaring that and, and saying that and holding that space, um, the more I've kind of been very open and honest about what I have going on in my life as a solo mom with a three-year-old at home, the more I've kind of really gathered those kinds of people back to me, like the more it's been very magnetic to the moms out there who are also dealing with similar things and they have their kids in the background on our coaching calls and things like that. And again, yeah, just being very authentic to who you are and what, what situation and circumstances you are dealing with, what season you are in at that time and acknowledging that it is what it is and it, it may change, but just having that acknowledgement. If I could, um, I'm sort of going to squirrel on you just a, a minute, but um, what you said brought to my attention. So you're in the season of, of nap time, right? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm in the season of hockey and baseball practice. Yeah. And so um, I noticed a couple of years ago, my boys are very, very active in the hockey community. And, you know, here in New England, when I go to a rink um, every Friday night and most Saturday mornings, I'm there for three and four hours at a time. And I, I am so happy for my boys that they are there and doing those things. Um, but also I'm very mindful of the boundaries that I need to create because that's my working time in part right. also. Right. Um, and so I was getting a lot of comments from my clients. So I see that you work Fridays. I see that you, that you work weekends. Um, that works very well for my schedule, but it also created a lot of, um, open doors that I didn't mean to inadvertently open, um, with my clients as well. And so I've, I've learned over time how to use technology to be productive with my family's needs, like being at the hockey rink on a Friday night with, um, making sure that I'm scheduling my messages, um, to go out, you know, Monday mornings or setting my meetings accordingly. So, um, I think I have these amazing pockets of productivity because of my children, um, not in spite of them, um, mm-hmm. because they're doing the things that they're doing and it enables me sort of like these built-in periods of working, but I also have to be very careful about how that gets spun from the perception of the outside world. Yeah, that's an excellent point and a very good tip also to, you know, I, I often work very late at night and actually I, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I was up, couldn't sleep. I was, it was like two 30 in the morning the other day. And I was answering emails and I made a point to schedule them to go out the next morning, like at my normal working hours so that people don't really think that they can message me at 2.30 a.m. And I'll answer all the time because I'm hoping I don't answer all the time at 2.30 a.m. It just, right. you know, was what it was. But but I think, yes, being able to hold those boundaries for yourself, that's that's super important. Yeah. All right. Well. Danielle, I could keep talking with you all day, but <laughs> let's, uh, are, are there any last minute little hard hitting bits of advice you could have for, for any entrepreneurs out there who are maybe looking to grow and scale? Yeah, I would say, um, be confident in who you are and how you work and what you want to do, the impact you want to make. And even if you're not sure of what the big next step is, take the next small step. Um, and just keeping yourself in a place of alignment and motion 
um, will get you there at the right time in the right season in a way that feels really good. Absolutely. All right. Well, where can people go if they want to continue the conversation with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. Instagram is a great place to find me. I'm at Danielle underscore C underscore Levy. Um, I respond to every message that I get. Um, I, I, I love hearing from people. Um, I love hearing support for conversations like this. I love getting challenged on, have I considered this or that or the other thing? Um, I really, I, I'd love to, to hear from folks. Perfect. Well, I will definitely get all of your links and everything in the show notes. So yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Danielle. I really appreciated the conversation. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thank you all so much for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to show some support for some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.